Hi, welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Hallelujah, Father God, Lord, as we stand here, we are truly standing in a time such as this on your promises. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit in our midst. Lord, today, have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Ben. Amen. God is good. God is truly good. God is awesome. He's wonderful. There's no words that can match what is in our hearts for our God. And I hope and I trust that this church is still on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you on fire, church? Well, the fire is going to burn in our midst. God is about to do great things on this planet. Get ready. Amen. Amen. But I have a little bit of a warm message this morning. The title is, Don't Let the Fire Go Out. Don't let the fire go out. So he's going to get fiery hot. Little false Christian center. Amen. Let me get to my message. Don't let the fire go out. Everywhere in the Word of God, you see God at work. You see the manifestation of fire. Everywhere God is about to do a thing, and there are certain things happening, what happens in the Spirit manifests with fire in the midst of the people of God. So I'm going to read you just a couple of scriptures. You don't have to go there. Just open your heart right now and receive and see where God manifests with fire. Exodus 3, Moses in the burning bush. And these are not the fullest. If I had to read the scriptures where God manifests with fire, then you'll You'll see this right from the beginning to the end. You see fire right from the beginning. Exodus 3, Moses, God appeared to Moses in the burning bush. Exodus 13, they were led by a fire for those 40 years. And the fire was God himself. It's not just a fire in the sky. It's God's presence with these people. Then Leviticus 6 and 9, which I'm going to deal with this morning a little bit. I'm going to touch on things in Leviticus 6 and 9. When God reveals what should happen with the sacrifices and the burnt offerings and the things. And then 1 Kings 18, Elijah on the mountain. Elijah, and there's a manifestation of fire. Just want to say, we are still serving the same God. Keep that in mind, church. Then Isaiah 6, the angel took a coal of fire. That fire is God's fire, and that fire quenched the sin. It excused the sin. And then Matthew 3, now it's getting hot. Hold on tight. 
Jesus said, there is one coming after me who is greater than I, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And in Luke 12, 49, now, here's a burning hot one. I came to send fire on earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. That's the passion of our Lord. He had a fire burning on the inside of him. Right for those first 4,000 years, there's been a fire burning in Israel. It's been a manifestation of fire. But God had a specific plan when he said, I wish that the fire would already be kindled. And that kindling of the fire was the will of God to do exactly what God wanted him to do. But then the expression of that comes forth where the Holy Spirit was given so that his church might be full of fire. So I need to ask a question right now. How's the fire burning in you currently? Because I want to deal today with the fire that should burn in our hearts for our God. And this fire, you can see when there's a fire burning inside a person. We don't have to be the same. You don't have to be a loud mouth like me. But <laughs> fire does something to you. Let me not get ahead of myself. And then Hebrews 12 verse 29 says, for our God is a consuming fire. This is our God. This is the person that we are serving. He's a consuming fire. And then obviously, I always go to the book of Revelation where the Lord revealed his plan for the times we are living in. And what John saw, what was revealed to John, that his eyes were a flame of fire. All right, fire represents, this is what fire represents in the Word of God. Fire represents His presence, His power, His protection, His blessing, His cleansing, and His guidance. That is the meaning of fire. That is why the church, you know, He's not left us orphans. What is an orphan? It's a person that's left alone. He's given us his spirit so that the fire might burn. There should be a kindling in his church, the living church. I'm not talking about a dead church. I'm talking about a living church, a full of fire church. And I believe that is Little Falls Christian Center. From the first day, the Lord filled Pastor Harold. He had you in mind. He had me in mind. He knew that he would plant us on the West Rand with this church and that this church would make a massive difference. Amen, church. I'm on fire today. I've been stuck with myself the whole weekend. So we need to define our spiritual lives. You truly need to ask yourself, Am I really on fire for my God? Because we can do much better than we think. Amen. I want to take you to the first scripture, Ephesians 5 verse 8. Ephesians 5 verse 8. For it says, for you were once darkness, but now. 
You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. What is this light? In the Greek, it has the, the terminology phos, which you have phosphor. Have you ever seen phosphor? How many people have seen phosphor burning? We've seen it in the army. I, I think it's illegal now for armies to use phosphor because they would take such a hand grenade, a grenade phosphor, and throw it, and if that thing touches you, if that particle grabs a hold of your flesh, it burns deep inside of you. <laughs> so, but that's the idea with this light that is on the inside of us, that it is a burning light. It is a light that ignites. It's not a dead light. It is a light that gives life. This is the light of God on the inside of us. So what the context of this light on the inside of us is that it is walking lights. It literally means in the Greek part of it as a walking light. We are walking lights, literally. But what's the purpose of a walking light? It is a walking light with the presence of God walking towards God's will, God's plans. And only when you have the true light of God's Spirit on the inside of you, you are walking towards your purpose. That's what true light does to a person. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians 5.25. Thank you for these friendly faces here today. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, let me quickly start with the husbands. I cannot leave you alone. Husbands, love your wives. Oh, there's no amen. Oh, what's, what's happened to us? Okay, I'm going to say it again. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved, loved the church and gave himself for her. So husband, suddenly in the Lord's eyes, you, be you became a wife. <laughs> that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, the year of the word. All of us, the word is busy cleansing us, preparing us. That he might present, this is the key now, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. The spot and wrinkle, you know what the spot and wrinkle is? And we see it as pastors, we see it in the church, we see it with people, we see it with the children of God, unfortunately, spot and wrinkle means lasciviousness and to be unrestrained. And what is a lascivious person? Basically a lustful person. Lust for the things of this world. So the light is snuffed out when the things of the world takes a hold of you and a hold of us. But the Lord says, but that she should be holy and without blemish. And that holy is to be Totally set apart. Totally, totally. If you are totally set apart for God, you are a light being. You're like a torchlight. You're like a bright light. Amen. I'm just playing a little bit with Ephesians. So now Ephesians 5 in your Bibles, verse 1. Just building my foundation. It's going to get quite interesting right now. 
Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. The switch of the Holy Spirit, the switch of the light of God is the switch of love. That's the switch of God. It is, and we are moving now towards what it is, this switch. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. There's a giving when it comes to light. And here, here it comes. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. I don't know how many people have done a study about the Jewish sacrificial system, but I quickly want to bring you into the picture. What is a offering and a sweet smelling aroma? There are five, five different kinds of offerings or sacrifices in the Old Testament, five kinds. And I'll quickly tell it to you if you don't believe me. There's a burnt offering, there's a grain offering, there's peace offerings, then there's a sin offering, a guilt offering. But I specifically want to focus on one of them, and that is the burnt offering. The burnt offering. Let me read to you. I'm just going to, I'm preparing a ground here. The first offering is what we call the burnt offering, the full burnt offering is what we call the Olah. Everybody say Olah. Sounds so beautiful. And this is an offering of a saint, commonly called the burnt offering. The purpose of the burnt offering was, was for general atonement of sin, and here it comes, expression of devotion to God. So now you take your life, your Christian life, your life in the kingdom of God, and see, now immediately see your devotion. Now, the instructions of the burnt offering are given in Leviticus 1.3. You can read it later. The offering could be a bull, a sheep, a goat, a dove, or a pigeon. The animal was to be burnt all night long. This kind of offering should be burnt all night long, with the beginning of the day till the end of the next, the beginning of the next day, it should be burnt completely. What does this mean? This kind of burnt off, because it says here, Christ has given himself for us an offering, a sacrifice for a sweet smelling aroma. It means that the beginning of your Christian walk with God right till the end to the last day, there should be a complete devotion to burn for your God all the days of your life. So I hope you understand offerings better after this morning. Either you are on that altar where there's a burning going on, but a complete burning. Have you ever seen an animal where you sacrifice it and halfway through it gets off <laughs> and walks away? No, this is too tough for me. Near this I'm, you know, I'll, I'll do it halfway. I'll, I'll just give an arm. <laughs> These animals had to be spotless. Then they are put on that altar. And only after that, after the complete burning, the whole job was done. 
And this is our spiritual lives. Our spiritual lives should be like that. There are other offerings as well. I want to shock you with one, with the, with the Bible calls it the most holy offering. You know what that is? Have a little bit of poor people in your mind. It's where an offering is made where a poor person only gave fine, fine flour. This is all they had. It means that a poor person would take his meal, what the only thing he has to live on, take that to the altar. It would be mixed with oil and it would be mixed with frankincense. And that God would accept that where that would be burnt to God. God says of all the offerings, that's the most holy one. So when you think of poor people in Tembeni, have a pure heart before God. There's a lot I can say about that offering, but that's one to study. Most holy, God sees that. Let me go on. I cannot get stuck there. Amen. I want to go to Leviticus 6 verse 8 quickly. Three times in the word of God, it says how, what this fire should be look like what it should do. Leviticus 6 from verse 8 says the following. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command Aaron and his sons saying, this is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth upon the altar all night until morning and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. Right, so there's a fire on the inside of us that should be kept burning. I'm going to say this now. Church, fires always goes out. The fire that God started in me 31 years ago when I met him, do you know how many times I had to rekindle that fire? There's no such thing that a fire continues for the rest of your days. A fire is something, there's all, every day there's a new fire for the burnt offering. Every single day. So you must understand, how many people ask us, but pastor, why don't I feel God anymore? All right? Kindle the fire. Just start kindling your fire. Go into your room. Go to the secret place. Get on your knees. Pray in tongues. And for those who do not know how to pray in tongues, that's why there's pastors here. That's why we have cell leaders. You can grab any one of our leaders. They will immediately lay hands on you and you will immediately talk in tongues. That's how it works. That's the New Testament model. I've tested it as a young Christian. Suddenly they said, near George, but yay, you pray for this one now. But I've never done that. Well, it's not me, I'm not God, so I just did it. Next moment, the person talks in tongues. It's like, what? This is easy stuff when you're in the will of God. <laughs> All right, so grab the person next to you. Not now, but wait. Then verse 10, it says, And the priest shall put on the linen garment and his linen trousers. He shall put it on his body and take the ashes of the burnt offering with the fires 
uh, which the fire has consumed on the altar, and he shall put it aside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments and put on other garments and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. You see, even the ashes, God even reckons your ashes as clean. And it should be put on a holy place, a special place. That's a place, a memorial place. A place where God remembers what you have done for him. It's never forgotten. But then verse 12 again, it says, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning, and it shall not be put out. You see, there's, there's a fire that should always be burning in our midst. Verse 13, a fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never be put out or it should not allow to be put out. That is why God has the priests. They always had to attend to the fire. The fire could never go out. And where did this start? In Leviticus 13, you'll see. God, this is just the prescriptions in the early book of Leviticus. But chapter 13, that's where God started the first fire with a sacrificial system. Boom. Supernaturally, God came down, he lit the fire, and then the fires were burning. Same as your, the day you met Jesus Christ. Amen. So we have, that's why the Lord as well said to Peter, Peter, tend. You see, it's about tending now. If the fire is burning on the inside of you, now you need to tend that fire. And he said to Peter, and this is our job, Peter, tend to my sheep. Now don't kill them, but tend, tend to them. Help them. And do you know that the Lord Jesus, that he was sacrificed there to be permanently, outside of all the offerings and things, there, there were two sacrifices, a morning sacrifice of a lamb and an evening sacrifice of the lamb. And these were continuous burnt sacrifices continually. The Lord Jesus was crucified at the evening sacrifice. He became the evening sacrifice for all of us. Amen. That is just absolutely wonderful. So now I want to take you to verse 13, which says, A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. And this is the thing about fire. Your fire shows your devotion on the inside of you. Your fire shows forth how truly you devoted are to God. And if you flame the fan that is inside of you, then the light, then the light gets brighter. I'm challenging every single Christian here today to let your light shine as it has never shone before. What will you do to let this fire on the inside of you, let it burn? Once you are on the altar of God, once this fire burns, then you don't get off. Because the purpose of one's life is to bring full honor to God, to be a sweet-smelling aroma. Let's see a sweet-smelling aroma. You see, in, with Paul, that his fire never went out. Look at all the trouble Paul went through. The fire inside of Paul never went out. And fire is an attraction. Have you seen, when you light a fire, everybody wants to go closer to the fire. And the wonderful thing a fire does, 
we, we've been in the bush, in the army. We were there up in Pafuri. We slept in the bush. The only thing that kept the lion away from my head was a fire. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been an eaten, a burnt offering to that lion. And the thing about this fire on the inside of us, it exposes, it cleans, and then it starts attracting. You see, this is the, the Holy Spirit fire because you have a testimony. You've become a witness when you receive the Holy Spirit. And then this fire starts attracting people to you. What, what, what are you all about? Why, why do you talk about Jesus? Why, what is your testimony? What do you have to say? When the fire burns, the people will come. But when the fire is out, they say to you, ah, oh, you're the same as us. I will not allow those words ever in my life. Those words ban out of your life that you are like someone else. You are uniquely you, but let the fire of God burn heavy in you. Praise God. Give the Lord a praise offering for the light He started in you. So here's the thing about a fire. Fire touches your time, your treasure, and your talents. So let the time, let your time burn for God. Let your treasure burn for God. And let your talents burn for God. May you attract God's full light on you. Revelations 12, 1 says, And they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And this is the key when the fire burns on the inside of, of a person. They did not love their lives unto death. Until the last day of my life here on earth, do not love your life. People fall in love with their lives. I fall in love with the fact that I have money and that I have success and that I have things going for me. Do not love your life. Your life needs to be surrendered. Do not fall in love with your life. Do not take your life as a prize. Surrender it to God. Give it all to Him. Put it all on the altar of God then life makes sense. Amen, church on fire. Praise God. So now, just as we come closer to the end, there are things that takes the life out of us, the light out of us. Paul said basically in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, do not quench the spirit. There's a quenching that happens that happened in the church then, that early church, and that quenching, Paul said, do not do that. And the quenching of the Spirit means a lack of fire. And this is the problem with the, the, the last day church. There's a lack of fire. There's a lack of intent. There's a lack of purpose. There's a lack of light. But we've got to let our light shine in this dark world and then there's another thing where it says there's the quenching of the Holy Spirit and then there's the grieving of the Holy Spirit. These two things affect our spiritual lives. And the grieving of the Holy Spirit is our words and our attitudes. You do not know how your words can affect your home, 
everywhere you go. And how words affect attitudes. And when I have the wrong attitude, it snuffs out the life out of me. Amen. There was a pig and a chicken. They were walking down the street. And they saw a poor man. And the pig and the chicken said, we've got to give him breakfast. So the chicken said, I'll give him one of my eggs. You can have that. And the pig looked at him and said, do you think the bacon must come from me? <laughs> you see, you have to give yourself. <laughs> it's easy <laughs> to go with something else. But you need to be the one <laughs> on the altar. And only then you put your things on the altar. But if you are not on the altar, your things are not on the altar. Nothing is on the altar. So what are you? A chicken? <laughs> no. <laughs> Romans 12, 1. Listen to this, church. This is very important. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then when I went deeper into this, I saw that it has something to say here. Paul was talking about a word that's quite interesting. Paul said, it's the logical thing to do. It's the logical thing to do when you become a sacrifice. When your life becomes, it's the natural, it's the next thing. The next thing is that I completely die and Christ stands up on the inside of me and then I become a person of focus and purpose. So, are you a living sacrifice for Jesus Christ? There's a lot of work to be done in the kingdom of God. There's still a lot of things to be done. And God wants to use you and I as we are. That's his plan. So let me read to you Romans 12, 11. It says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. These are the things that ignites this light on the inside of us and puts us on fire for our God. So, please everybody stand. Romans 12, it says the following. I got this in the Message Bible, and it's so beautiful. It says... Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert, be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Everybody lift up your hands, please. I want in this minute, close your eyes, please, in this minute. I need every person to make now, this day, a new commitment to God for this year. Speak to the Lord. He's listening. The Lord is in this place. 
make certain commitments. Be serious about what you ask the Lord now for your life. It's not just what you're going to give, it's what you're asking of God. Father God, with these lifted hands, we now surrender our lives to you. Lord, you've been speaking to your people, and now is the time, Father. There are people who need to put their hands on the plow. There are people who need to rekindle their fire. And there are people who truly are on fire for their God. But all of us need your help in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.